Welcome to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get help and guidance through the chaos of parenting a child with anxiety or OCD. This show is for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the guidance of a qualified professional. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. I hope you're doing well today. Uh, Today, I want to talk to you about Pure O in the OCD world and how to help our kids and teens with mental compulsions. Both are very much related, and we'll dive into that and talk about what that's all about in a minute. Before I get started, I do want to thank NoCD for sponsoring this episode. NoCD offers affordable, effective, convenient therapy available in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. You can schedule your free 15-minute consultation to see if NoCD is a right fit for you and your child. Just go to treatmyocd.com. That is treatmyocd.com. And I am seeing some AT Parenting community members in my membership community starting to tell me even when they're outside of the U.S., that they are connecting with no CD therapists, which is very exciting. Makes my life a lot easier when people are actually getting direct support. And then my resources are just like complete icing on the cake, which I'd rather it be than the actual cake. But a lot of times it needs to be the cake because there's no one else baking. Okay, I've killed that metaphor to death. <laughs> Let's move into the topic. Let's talk about pure O and mental compulsions. So. I do get a lot of questions about mental compulsions and not as much about pure O unless a parent has taken a really deep dive into the OCD world and has heard that verbiage. But I wanted to title this episode Pure O and Mental Compulsions in case somebody was Googling or searching the topic pure O because I don't have an article or YouTube video or a podcast just named Pure O. So if somebody was trying to figure out what that is or want more information on it, they would think I don't have any resources on it. And I do because the definition of Pure O, it stands for purely obsessional. And people will use that phrase to describe a situation when their child or it doesn't have to be a child or a teenager, somebody is having just purely the obsessional intrusive thoughts, but there's really no overt compulsion related to that. And it's controversial. And I hate when things are controversial in a community that's supposed to be loving and nurturing, but it is, it's a controversial term for some people because they argue about, can you have Puro? Because OCD is about having an intrusive thought or feeling and the, you know, compulsive part, right? You have to have the C part. And the tricky part with Puro is that a lot of times the person doesn't recognize or realize the compulsions they're doing. And so today I wanted to talk about the mental compulsions and how do we handle them as parents? Because a lot of times it will look like our child or our teenager is having just a purely intrusive thought or feeling, and we really don't know what the compulsion is. And even if we do, and we recognize it and we say, okay, they're having mental compulsions, what do we do about that? So the first thing you want to start with when you have maybe a pure O situation, and I'm putting those in quotations because really I do believe that if it's OCD, there is some compulsive behavior going on. It may not be overt. It may not be an actual behavior or action that's happening outside of themselves. But I do believe that if it's OCD, 
they're having mental compulsions. As an anxious person, I have an, I have upsetting thoughts all the time, but I wouldn't say I have pure O. I'll be walking down the stairs and I'll see myself tumbling and I'll see my head cracked on the bottom. That's kind of a regular thought for me. Or I'll be driving and I'll see myself crashing, but I don't have any compulsions around it. Like that's my anxiety. It's just like worst case scenario, you could probably fall tripped and die. Let's just play it out in your head for a minute. You know, that's not fun, but I wouldn't call that pure O. However, I've worked with kids who have, maybe I'll give you an example, an intrusive thought that they are, let's see, that they might want to harm their parents. And we'll use some controversial ones. They're not controversial, but we'll use ones that are more taboo that people don't talk about to help educate you as I'm teaching you. And so maybe, you know, I have a kid, you know, my child who has an intrusive thought that, oh my gosh, what if I take the knives and I, I harm you? And, you know, so the theme, and we like to give names, we like to name the subtypes of OCD, but we know OCD is OCD, but, you know, so that might be harm OCD. I'm worried I might harm you. And I might not have any compulsions that you can see. And so I want to go through some of the mental compulsions, and then I want to talk about how you handle that. And we'll use this as an example throughout this episode, just for simplicity's sake, because I do like to have a concrete example. And you can replace this example that I'm talking about with really any pure O intrusive thought. It could be sexual orientation, OCD. I, I'm worried that I am gay, but I'm not gay, or I worry that I'm trans, but I'm not trans. I'm worried that I'm straight, but I'm not straight. You can have intrusive pure O thoughts about harming yourself. I don't want to harm myself, but what if I do? That'd be really upsetting, but I think I do. No, I don't. You can truly have pure O about anything. What if I'm a bad person? What if I go to hell? I mean, I could sit here and list possible intrusive thoughts all day, but you get the point, right? So just replace it with your own child's issues. And then mental compulsions can look very different too. Just like the physical compulsions can be like pretty much practically anything. So can mental compulsions. The important thing to remember is, you know, and I think people get caught up in this, is the foundation of OCD. Once you understand the foundational framework of OCD, and I feel like I just did a podcast on this. Let me go check. I'll be right back. Okay, I time traveled. I went and checked. And, you know, I just got back from visiting my sister. And so um, on a trip, my brain is a little like muddy today because we just got back last night. but. It was like my last episode. So my last episode, episode 255, was how to handle new OCD themes. And if you want to check that episode out, you can just look. It'll be probably like the last one besides this one in your list, wherever you're consuming your podcast. Or you can always go to my website at atparentingsurvival.com and just scroll to the very bottom and there's a search button and you can just literally type in the, the title that I give you which is how to handle new OCD themes. Or if you're ever searching for anything, just write the keyword in that search button and it will pop up. And I've really, I've written, recorded a podcast or done a YouTube video on, I think literally everything at this point, because I am, I started this in 2015. And so I feel like I've covered everything, but I haven't covered pure O. (laughs) I have, I do have a YouTube video on mental compulsions and that is great for kids and teens to watch. And so Or if you're like a video person and you want to learn through video as well, check out my YouTube channel. And again, you can either, you can go to YouTube and just type in Natasha Daniels and you'll find my channel really easily. And you can search the channel, which I really like on YouTube, 
or you can just go to my website and scroll down all the way to the bottom and type in mental compulsions and you'll find it that way as well. But I did cover that, but I haven't covered pure O. And I really wanted to use that language because I think people search for pure O and they're not going to find it on my website because I haven't used that verbiage before. So that's why I'm using that. But you can have a child who will do mental compulsions that will be very similar to physical compulsions. So you can have mental checking. I'm just going to go into the mental compulsions and go over what those can look like. And it's not going to be all encompassing because there's no way I can ever be all encompassing on any intrusive thought or feeling or any compulsion because OCD is very creative. It can create anything, but the foundation is the same. I kind of forgot that I was going on this tangent about the foundation. My bad. I'm sorry. (laughs) I told you bear with me today, but I'll go on my little soapbox really quick and then I'll start with mental compulsions. The foundation of OCD is always the same. So please don't get overwhelmed when you're like, oh my gosh, so what's pure O? And sometimes I would get emails from people or they'd post in the 18 parenting community and they'd say, I don't know how to help my child because she has pure O as if it's something completely separate. And so all the resources and everything I'm teaching now is for naught because it's a different label. It's a different issue. I do find like people do this with a lot of different things and a lot of different titles that we find a different box to put ourselves in and then everything doesn't fit for them. And that's unfortunate because then you're really excluding a lot of resources that can help you. I feel like this happens in the pandas and pans community too. My son has pans, so I get this and I love both communities, but sometimes they exclude each other. And I think that's unfortunate too, because we need both. You know, you need to do ERP and you need to understand OCD from a clinical standpoint, as well as the medical standpoint. And I think with the same thing with Puro is like, we have to, we're not losing resources just because we're getting a new label. So that's a little bit of a soapbox, but the foundation is the same. So you have an intrusive thought or feeling or image. That's the O part, right? And then you have the need to do or avoid something to get brief relief. That's the C part. That's the compulsion part. And then the more you do the C part, the more the O part grows. And so that's it. That's OCD, intrusive thought, feeling, or image. And then the need to avoid something to get brief relief. But the more you do or avoid the thing that you need to do or avoid, the bigger your OCD grows. As long as we get that, we get everything. It doesn't matter. It's plug and play. Every theme, plug and play. Every approach, plug and play. Same with pure O. So let's not, you know, lose that foundational piece because we're labeling it with something else. You're still having an intrusive thought or feeling. And we know from experience that you are doing or avoiding something or some things to get brief relief. We're going to talk about what those are when they're mental compulsions and they're not being seen by others. But the approach is exactly the same. So the foundational approach of OCD is also the same. We want to do the same exact things for every every theme, and it doesn't matter what it is. So with my OCD course, How to Teach Kids to Crush OCD, it's plug and play. It's like it doesn't matter that your child has harm OCD, or then now your child has contamination issues, or now your child has symmetry. It's still the same framework, regardless of theme. And I say this in a little bit of an annoyed voice, (laughs) because it disappoints me when parents learn the foundation, and then their child gets a new theme, which they will because it's whack-a-mole. That's what I talk about in episode 255. So actually, my last episode isn't 255. It was 256. It just, I haven't published it yet because I just came back from vacation and I'm kind of a mess, but it's the same approach each time. And so 
our kids will change themes and their intrusive thoughts and feelings will change over time and their compulsions will look very different, but don't get overwhelmed. And I talk a lot more about this in episode 256. Don't get overwhelmed. If you know the foundation, which I teach in my OCD course, or if your therapist is teaching you the foundation, you just plug and play. Okay. And you can learn more about my courses at atparentingsurvivalschool.com because I keep referencing it. So some mental compulsions are checking. So with physical checking, right, we're checking, we're checking the locks or we're checking the, you know, the refrigerator to make sure we closed it, or we're checking to make sure that we don't have to pee. Like checking behavior could be literally anything, but you can mentally check as well. And so I might check for physical sensations. Am I getting aroused? I might check mentally. I might go over my list mentally. Let me walk through. I went through the door. Did I flush the toilet? You know, let me go back and check that again. Or I can check for my words. Let me replay that what I said over in my head. So checking does not have to be a physical thing. Checking can be a mental thing. A lot of times in general, mental compulsions get missed. They get missed by the person who's doing it. And they definitely obviously get missed by parents and therapists. But if you educate your child on what mental compulsions can be, then they will be better at identifying mental compulsions. And I think this is where we get into some trouble where a parent has taken over the steering wheel in their child's OCD journey and is trying to drive the car. And when mental compulsions show up, they realize that they can't drive the car because they can't control mental compulsions the way they can try to control physical compulsions. And that's when I get normally a frantic parent, you know, making a comment in one of my courses saying, I can't tell when they're doing mental compulsions. So what am I supposed to do? And it goes back to the first response, which would be always education because we're not there to drive the car. Just stick with me with my metaphors. We're not there to do that. We can't do that. We're there to be their coach, their cheerleader, their educator, but we're not there to drive the car. You can't be there to drive the car. Therefore, the best way to deal with mental compulsions as a parent or even a therapist is to educate the person struggling with OCD what a mental compulsion is and how to identify them. This is why we get into some sticky situations when we have parents who don't want their child to learn about other anxiety OCD themes because they think it's contagious. Did a whole episode on that. And I just went to my search button at the bottom of my website at AT Parenting Survival, and I found it there. So that's a very easy way to to find what I'm talking about. But that was episode 229, Can My Child Catch Other Anxiety or OCD Themes? And I think that that's the, the short answer on that one is OCD will catch what it wants to catch, and it doesn't matter. But education is such an important piece. So we do want to educate them on mental compulsions. And yes, you know, they might develop mental compulsions because we're talking about it. But if the beast is there and the beast is there to grab new themes, then the beast is already there. And so if it's not finding it one way, it'll find it another. I rather educate my kids and arm them with education so they can play detective and be like, wait a minute, that's a new compulsion that I'm doing. Okay, so moving on from checking, I'm just going to list a few of them. Avoidance is a huge compulsion. And so you can have a child with pure O where it looks like they're not really doing any compulsive behavior, but then I'll ask the parent, do you notice any avoidance? Oh yeah, they avoid tons of things. They won't touch the trash or they won't go near the kitchen because they're afraid of the knives or 
I have to do this, this, and this for them because they won't do it. And so avoidance in any form can be a compulsive behavior. Now, if I, I don't know, avoid doing my homework because I don't really want to do it and maybe it causes me stress, is that a compulsion? Probably not, unless I'm nervous about doing my homework and, you know, I have to rewrite my words over and over again until they feel just right. Or I have to, so I avoid writing, but it's not my homework in general. So we have to be careful with avoidance in, you know, saying any avoidance is a compulsive behavior because it's not. But if you know your child's theme or themes or their intrusive thoughts or feelings and they are avoiding, and normally with OCD, the avoidance looks more, I mean, I don't want to like generalize, but it's like kind of a more of a dysfunctional thing. So, you know, I'm not going to go into the kitchen because I don't want to be near the knives or I can't touch that one drawer because it has knives in it. Or I can't look at books anymore because I can't look at certain words anymore because I have an intrusive thought when I look at those words. Or I can't sit next to a girl because then I worry that I might be gay and I have intrusive thoughts that I'm gay. And so guess what? That's a compulsion. You know, that is that is just as much of a compulsion as me tapping three times just to make sure that I'm okay um, or me washing my hands. Mental compulsions are not weaker or less than other physical compulsions. They are at the same level and they should be taken as seriously. If we're doing ERP, exposure with response prevention, which is the gold standard treatment for OCD, we would want to avoid or try to have our kids not doing mental compulsions. And we'll talk about how do you do that in a minute because we can't babysit those things. And so we have to educate them. All right, so avoidance. So we've got checking, avoidance. I'm just giving you a flavor. So you're like, oh yeah, I totally get it. These are all, you know, mental compulsions. These are all things that maybe my child's doing that they're not even aware that they're doing. So the third one I would add is debating. So this would look like, do I want to harm my parents? I don't feel like I do. I mean, I feel like they give me a good life and I really love them, but why am I so afraid of stabbing them? Or why am I having intrusive thoughts that I want to stab them if I do love them? Because a loving daughter wouldn't have those thoughts. So I must really want to do that, but I don't want to do that. I mean, I just gave them a hug yesterday. So what am I doing in my head? I'm debating, right? Or you know, I'm, I'm very accepting of gay people. You know, I'm not homophobic, but why, why do I feel like I'm gay? Well, you know, I do like my friend and I do recognize that she's really pretty. Does that mean I'm gay? Well, I don't think so, but well, let me check. Let me like go look at a picture of her. Well, that actually would be a physical compulsion. (laughs) So I got out of my mental compulsions, but you get the point. So debating on any level with yourself about your intrusive thought or feeling can be compulsive. And that's a mental compulsion. Another one is canceling out. And so maybe if I saw my parent and then I thought had an intrusive thought of stabbing them because I have harm OCD, I can cancel it out by saying, I love you three times in my head. Okay, I love you, mom. I love you, mom. I love you, mom. I say it in my head quietly, you know, to myself. And that's a mental compulsion. I'm canceling out an intrusive thought. Or maybe I have a thought that says, Oh my gosh, what if I'm gay? And I'm using that one as well because these are themes and topics not discussed enough. And I think sexual orientation OCD and harm OCD, these are themes that happen so often with children and teens and they're not discussed. And so I'm trying to normalize those as I'm talking to you about 
pure O. And so I might cancel out. I might say, if I have a, if my friend comes by and and I have an intrusive thought that says, oh my gosh, you just thought her outfit was pretty. You're gay. That's in my intrusive thought. I might cancel it out and go, I love boys. I love boys. Or I love John or whatever. But I purposely have to do that every time I have an intrusive thought to cancel out my feeling that I might be gay. You're getting my point, right? It's pretty simple once I explain it. Another one could be numbers. Uh, maybe I have an intrusive thought and I have to count to 10 or I have to do I have to do things like with my eyes. Maybe I have to look at each corner of the room. That becomes a little bit more physical. So I guess we could debate whether that's a mental compulsion. That might be considered physical because I'm actually having to move my eyes, but it wouldn't be noticed. So that's just a like a poo-poo platter <laughs> of examples. Do you know what poo-poo platter is? Not like the bathroom poo-poo. It's like a Chinese thing. I love poo-poo platters, like a little appetizer, like lots of different things on my platter. But that's just like an example. Maybe I'm hungry. I don't know. (laughs) But that's an example of the many ways that a person can have mental compulsions. To sum it up in a nutshell, it's something you do in your head. (laughs) It's something that you do in your head when you have an intrusive thought or feeling, and then you feel like you want to get relief. And so you do this in your head. We really want to simplify and not make things more complicated. We want to simplify things for our kids because the more we can generalize and kind of narrow it down to its foundational level, the more they can plug and play. And I like that word, that phrase, plug and play, because I think parents and even therapists, and not as much therapists, but maybe an untrained OCD therapist, but especially parents and definitely kids and teens, we get hung up on Oh, my child has this now. And now I don't know how to do anything. I've been dealing with OCD for years, but now I have this new theme. And now I don't know how to do anything. I don't know how to do ERP. I don't know how to, you know, coach them. I don't know how to do anything because OCD showed up in a new disguise. Or somebody threw a new phrase at me. They called it Puro. And now everything I knew before doesn't work. It doesn't fit. And that's not true. Everything's the same. Everything can be approached in the same way because it's once you know the framework, it's the same thing. So, our first step, like it is with absolutely everything that we do, is education. You know, I wouldn't get our kids hung up on different phrases and different titles of what they have. And this is my thought in general. We don't want to so over identify with something to the point where it's a detriment to our to our progress. And so, if I get so hung up on you know, I have harm OCD. So now when you're talking about contamination OCD, or when you're talking about symmetry OCD, like everything you say means nothing to me because I have a totally different issue than you, that's missing the point. Or I have Puro. So everything you're going to say about how to handle OCD doesn't apply to me because I have Puro. You're going to be missing almost all resources available to you because you're limiting yourself. It's like saying, I have this, this issue with Well, I was going to get into the medical world, but let me just stay in my lane to make it easier. So like everything else, we want to educate our kids. That's always my first step. And it's a step that a lot of times parents miss. So you want to educate them, not necessarily on pure O, because they don't really need to know know a title. It's just, I'm having an intrusive thought. And now what are the compulsions that I do? So really the education happens on First, obviously, what is OCD? And if you haven't done that, that's really important. I do have a YouTube, I have I think I have at least two YouTube videos on what is OCD. 
for kids and teens. And you do really want them to understand that. I have another one, which is like, I was just diagnosed with OCD and that's a good YouTube video as well to give kids and teens hope. But then we want to educate them on mental compulsions. That's a component of the educational process that you should definitely touch on. And because it gets missed a lot. And so you want to say, you know, this is what a compulsion looks like. So you have to define compulsions first. A compulsion, maybe that would be a good YouTube video. I don't even know if I have a YouTube video on just like, what is a compulsion? I have intrusive thoughts because people will even say to me, Natasha, you know, how do I handle intrusive thoughts? And I'm like, it's like, how do you handle OCD? So they'll say, my child has OCD, but they have the intrusive thought thing going on. So how do you handle that? And it's like, my, my person is a human being and they have a left arm. So how do I handle that? You know, to me, that, that's how that question sounds because OCD is about having an intrusive thought and then having the compulsive behavior to rid yourself of the discomfort, but it grows back. And so it's like, it's part of the ingredients for everybody. And so are compulsions, but sometimes they're physical and sometimes they're mental. And so we want to educate our kids on what is OCD and then what are compulsions and then what are mental compulsions. And so probably in that order, so you don't confuse them. And I have YouTube videos on all of them. I don't think I have videos just purely on compulsions. I have videos on OCD and the foundation of what OCD is and how you approach, how do you crush OCD regardless of theme? I have videos on that as well. But have them watch the mental compulsion video if you haven't already and they've already been educated on everything else because our kids need to know that OCD will give you an upsetting thought or feeling and then it will want you to do or avoid something to get brief relief. But the more you do or avoid that thing, the more your OCD grows. That's what I say. And here's the big end part for this episode. Sometimes it's in your head. So sometimes it might make you you know, check things in your head or avoid things in your head or debate and argue things in your head or cancel things out. If I have this thought, I have to do this in my head. And so that's a really important component to add once your child is educated on everything else. Don't overwhelm them. You really want to do this in baby steps, in increments, because we don't want to overwhelm our kids, but we do want to educate them one small step at a time. And that's kind of why I make these YouTube videos because they are like five to 10 minute videos. And I feel like they're an incredible tool, hopefully for you guys to say, okay, my child is ready for the next step or my teen is ready for the next step. What will that be? What will that look like? And here's a quick five to 10 minute video for you to watch because that's pretty much all they're going to sit for (laughs) if that, right? But you at least have that tool made by an OCD child therapist so that you know that you know the information is based on research and experience and you can kind of s- provide that for your kids. So we do want them to know what mental compulsions are. And then in my YouTube video I do go over ways that they can work on mental compulsions. And they are pretty similar to regular compulsions, but I would say that the only difference is a lot of times these things happen in our heads before we can stop them. So with physical compulsions, you know, I talk about in my OCD course about like I gamify OCD and I talk about, you know, identifying that it's OCD. And then if you can delay the compulsion and if you can ignore the compulsion, and then the ultimate thing would be to do the opposite of the compulsion. And again, these levels don't apply for every theme, but 
for many themes. And then the ultimate, ultimate level, level five, is doing an exposure ERP where you set up a trigger to cause that thing, that intrusive thought or feeling, right? So I do five levels in my OCD course and I call it the OCD game. And if you want, you can check that out at atparentingsurvivalschool.com. But a lot of times students in my course, parents, because they're parents and therapists who take my course, they get hung up on, well, what do we do if it's a mental compulsion? Because I get how you can delay or ignore a physical compulsion. So if it's washing my hands, you know, I can delay the behavior. I can say, okay, I'm going to wait 10 minutes and then I'm going to see if I still need to wash my hands, delay, and then I can ignore it. Okay. I don't need to wash my hands. I'm going to just sit with this discomfort. I could do the opposite. I can go and touch the thing that was causing my trigger to begin with that would really upset my OCD or, you know, level five, I can go and set up a situation where I'm purposely going to create something that's gross and then I'm going to touch it. And then I'm going to sit with the discomfort and not do the compulsion. That's ERP, like in a real big nutshell. But what if it's mental? You know, delaying a mental compulsion might be really tricky. I mean, you could, if you're aware that you're going to do it, but a lot of times the awareness isn't there. And it's really hard to slow down your thoughts because they can happen before you can even control it. So you might find yourself checking before you can even recognize that you're doing it, or you might be avoiding things and not be aware of that, or you might be debating in your head before you could even stop it. You might say your canceled out phrase before you recognize that you need to not say it. And so that can become an issue. So I teach kids to re-trigger themselves. There's a lot of different things you can do. So for checking, if they're going through and they're saying, and I went here and I went here, and then they were like, oh shoot, I'm doing a mental compulsion. I'm checking, you know, I'm checking if I did those things. I train kids, train sounds like a weird thing, but I actually feel like this is skill building and training more than your traditional therapy. And I would train kids in my practice to one, know what that is. That's a compulsion. So they, they may not catch it right away, but then they might like be like, oh my gosh, I'm checking. I'm, make, I'm checking my list and it's already happened. So now what? And so when that happens, you mess with OCD and you undo it. You create some uncertainty in there. And so you might say, I may not have checked the sink. You know, maybe I didn't. I don't think I did. So it's kind of like, you know, toying with your OCD and sprinkling uncertainty into the compulsion that you just did. With avoidance, it's a little bit easier because if you recognize that you're avoiding looking at things or avoid saying things, then you can kind of move into the traditional approaches of saying those things or working, doing ERP to start to say those things or look at those things and not avoid it. With debating, and I'm just kind of going through them rather quickly, but with debating, I teach kids to be sarcastic to OCD if they are able. And so if they're debating in their head, it's good to recognize it. And maybe the first step would be to just stop debating, which is easier said than done, right? So they might say, you know what? I'm not going to debate this. I think it's super effective, but it might be too big of a step for some kids, but to be sarcastic back. Yeah. I'm completely gay, or I may or may not be gay. I don't know. Or I may or may not want to kill my family. I don't know, do I? And you can get really fun and sarcastic with this if you have a good sense of humor and it doesn't cause us that much stress. But a little bit of stress is not bad because that discomfort is really what tackles OCD and makes OCD smaller. And so in my house, 
my daughter has been starting to have a lot of mental compulsions and I've been teaching her to not fight it. I got out the Chinese handcuffs, you know what those are? And I started to explain that to her. And if you have a pair or buy a pair, they're a really good physical analogy for kids to say when you pull back and you're fighting with OCD and you're yanking your finger in the opposite direction, the Chinese handcuffs get tighter, right? The more you pull in the opposite direction, the tighter the grip it has on you. But when you go into it and you don't pull, you actually push with it, right? You agree with it or you're sarcastic with it. It loses its power. It loses its push. And so my daughter has been working on that. And so she'll say, yep, you know, I may or may not, or I probably am. You don't know. I guess I might be doing this. And that could be very helpful. So when when the mental compulsion is debating, we want to teach our kids to sarcastically agree back with it, or maybe not sarcastically, depending on what level of discomfort they want to elicit, or be sarcastic with it back, or be funny with it, or sprinkle a little uncertainty. You know what? I might do this. Maybe not today, but maybe tomorrow. I don't know. You don't know. And you can help with that by, by adding, you know, if they tell you they're having those intrusive thoughts, you can help and you can give them language if they need the help. The more they do it themselves, the better. But sometimes our kids need that, that oomph, that little modeling. I know with my, my daughter, she admitted that she was having mental compulsions. And then I said to her, you know, sometimes this is what, how I tell kids to talk back to OCD. And I modeled for her some of the language that I would use. And she's able to do that. But can I check? No, I have no idea if she's doing that or not. But I'm just teaching her. That's all we have. And the last mental compulsion that I had referenced was numbers. And again, it's like messing up with OCD. So if OCD wants me to count to 10, you know, maybe I don't count at all. Maybe I count to a number that it doesn't like. I do the opposite of whatever OCD wants me to do. And so even if we do a mental compulsion, which does often happen, then we mess it up. And so if OCD wants me to say in my head, I love you, mom, this might sound really messed up for someone who's not familiar with OCD treatment. I have an intrusive thought that says I want to harm my mom in some way. And then my compulsion is to say, I love you three times in my head, or I love you once in my head, or mom, I never would do that. I'm so sorry in my head, whatever it is, it could be different. Then maybe then I become aware of it and I go, oh my gosh, I just did a mental compulsion. Then I might mess with OCD and I might say, but I might, I might kill her tomorrow. I don't know. Or I might say something like, I'm going to stab you. I mean, it can sound dark. But, and obviously, you know, with these more difficult OCD themes I'm talking about, you're going to have an OCD therapist who's going to diagnose and make sure it's OCD and not something else, right? We're ruling all that out so that you know when you're doing these approaches that you're dealing with OCD and not gender dysphoria or other like issues that we would deal with in a completely different way, right? Because sexual orientation OCD is different than really truly wondering you know, who you are and what you are in the world. And I am actually going to have, there's a no CD therapist who specializes in sexual themes and sexual topics. I'm going to have her come on to the podcast. And I'm excited about that because that isn't something I've covered because I want to navigate that in a very effective way. And so I'm going to bring her on and she will help me navigate that in a better way. But those are things we don't talk about because we feel uncomfortable or we're worried how people are going to interpret that or understand that. And so Having those conversations and educating our kids on all these topics can be really helpful. But the debating in that theme is very common. And that's why I'm bringing that up is the mental compulsion of debating, you know, am I or am I not? 
is very common. And so maybe I am, maybe I'm not. I don't know. I guess we'll find out someday, right? It's all about sprinkling uncertainty. So even if they do the mental compulsion, we can teach them when they become aware that they're doing that mental compulsion, that they can undo it in a way by messing with OCD and sprinkling in the uncertainty. And so if they cancel it out, they can re-trigger it. If they're checking, they can create uncertainty in that. If they're avoiding, they can force themselves to work towards not avoiding. If they're debating, they can actually agree, right? So there are different approaches that you can do with mental compulsions. But the first step is educating your child on what mental compulsions are. You don't have to be the mental compulsion police and be like, are you having those? Are you having, are you doing a mental compulsion right now? Are you just spaced out? Are you doing a mental compulsion? A lot of times I'll get questions like that in the AT parenting community where parents really want to micromanage their kids' compulsions at any level because they're afraid that they're growing their OCD, which I completely get because my youngest is having mental compulsions. But, you know, we'll circle back. I'll educate her on what those mental compulsions are. I will touch base with her periodically. And that will look different for each one of you as far as how often you're touching base. And I'll say, you know, how are the mental compulsions? What are you doing when OCD gives you this thought or that thought? And then sometimes she'll say, I'll, you know, I'll argue with it. And I'll say, do you think that grows your OCD or makes it smaller? And she'll be like, it grows it. And then I'll say, so what would make it smaller? Not what should you do instead, but what would make OCD smaller? And then she'll say, I should agree with it sarcastically, or I should make it feel uncertain. I'm like, yeah. Now, the other thing that I want to mention before I wrap up is when you're doing ERP, And if you don't know what ERP is, don't worry. I have a podcast on that. I have many, actually. Uh, Let me find out what number that is. So ERP is exposure with response prevention. And I have episode 90, how to explain ERP treatment to kids with OCD. Episode 53, ERP for OCD and anxiety, what it is and why it's so effective. And I have a YouTube video. Do you want to help your child with OCD? Try ERP. I have so many ERP resources. You could just go to my website, AT Parenting Survival, and write ERP in the search box on the bottom, and you will find stuff. But when you're doing ERP with your child, because even if you are, you know, if your child's receiving OCD therapy, hopefully they are getting some OCD homework because that is really, really important. It shouldn't be one time in the office and then nothing in between. Your child isn't going to get better if they're not doing some ERP at home. And for a lot of us, we are part of that. We are like helping facilitate the ERP or we are role-playing or we are watching our child do an exposure. And I know in my house lately, we're dealing with a new theme and my daughter, I think her biggest compulsion around this new theme is mental compulsions. And so she'll have to look at this item that triggers her and then I'll see like fear in her face. And so she'll say, I can, I can look at this item. Now she's actually wearing this item. So she's like, I can wear this item. She's really progressed. I'll wear this item for two minutes. And then when she's wearing it, I'll now say to her, so what's OCD saying to you while you're sitting here wearing that? And I'm doing that for a couple of reasons. One, I'm trying to see if she has any mental compulsion she's doing, because that would kind of defeat the purpose, right? Because ERP is exposure with response prevention. The prevention is I will not do the compulsion that actually grows the OCD. Otherwise, we're not doing ERP. We're not doing an exposure. We're just triggering OCD and then OCD is doing its thing. So that does not help. I wouldn't get overly 
consumed and overwhelmed by monitoring your child's mental compulsions because you're going to turn them off to doing ERP in general. But there are ways to gauge. And so when she's looking like a little bit like a deer caught in headlights, even if she wasn't looking like that, I say to her, I give it about a minute. And then I said, I say, because we've been doing this exposure a couple of times, I'll say, what's OCD telling you right now? So I don't say, what mental compulsions are you doing? I say, just what is, what is, we call her as O-Cloud. I'll say, what's O-Cloud saying to you right now? And I'm not saying, is O-Cloud saying anything to you right now? Because I know that her O-Cloud is going to be screaming at her when she does the exposures that we have outlined. And so I'm not giving her an opportunity to say, O-Cloud's not saying anything. You have to watch your language, right? So if we say, is OCD saying anything to you? You're more likely to get a no because you just asked a yes or no question. If you say, are you doing mental compulsions? You're more likely to get a no because one, they may not understand what that means. And two, they may not want to say that they're doing anything quote unquote wrong. But if you say, what's O'Cloud saying to you right now? You're much more likely to get an answer. It doesn't mean that you won't, but you're much more likely to get an answer. And then nor- and then in this case, she said to me, oh, O'Cloud's telling me this, which is her intrusive thought. And I'm being a little bit more elusive about the topic because she this is a more sensitive topic for her and she doesn't want me to discuss it on the podcast. And that's totally fine. She's okay with me talking about it in general terms. So I'm trying to be respectful as my kids get older. But so I say, so what are you saying back to O'Cloud? And she's saying, well, I'm agreeing with it or I'm like sarcastically agreeing with it. You know, I'm like, yep, that's what I am or that's what I'm doing and that's who I am. What I'm doing in that situation is I'm like bringing it to her awareness. One, that she's debating in her head because she probably is. Two, that I'm actually triggering her OCD on a higher level when she's wearing that shirt for her to have to verbalize what her intrusive thought is. She's not aware that that's what I'm doing, but I'm doing that because I want her to be able to say out loud what her intrusive thought is while she's wearing the shirt that's creating the intrusive thought, makes it more powerful, and then kind of coaching her to not get lost in her mental compulsions or get lost in the intrusive thoughts to the point where she is forgetting to do the response prevention. The response prevention is really important. And so that's why I'm doing that. Now, sometimes people would want to avoid, or they might be canceling things out in their head. And as a therapist or a parent, all we can do is bring back their intrusive thought. And the best way to do that, in my opinion, is to say, now, what, what is O'Cloud telling you now? And then waiting a few minutes, depending on how long the exposure is, now what is O'Cloud saying? And what you're doing is you're bringing, like, even if they're canceling things out or they're trying to avoid the thought by, like, you know, going somewhere else in their brain when they're doing an exposure, I'm bringing it back to their awareness. And that's what I do with my own child. And we, as parents, not clinicians, have to be doing exposures with our kids or they have to be trained on how to do them themselves. And that's a really important part of crushing OCD. So you just have to remember that you're not going to know hundred percent. And we as parents also have to sit with uncertainty and that's not comfortable. So I can't guarantee that she's not doing mental compulsions, doing her exposures. And that's not my job. That's not even a therapist's job because we're not going to know hundred percent. We will never know. And that's what I actually say to my daughter. I say, I will never know if you are not doing your mental compulsions, I will never know 100% if you are agreeing with your OCD. And that's okay because this is your battle. This is your journey. You're the one in the car driving. I'm just here to support you. And so if you cheat 
And you have to kind of watch your language depending on if they have moral OCD or not. But if you decide to do mental compulsions when you're being, when you're doing an exposure, yeah, you might get your points because we give her bravery points and then she can turn those in for prizes. You might get your points, but you're also, you're losing the battle. Like having OCD and having it really bother you is a much worse prize. And so um, you can cheat the system, but at the end, you're kind of just cheating yourself. And that's all we can do. And so we have to let go of full control because we don't have full control over anything. But I think parents feel that even more with mental compulsions. So I hope this helps kind of give you an idea of where to go with this, what it is, and how to handle it. And, and hopefully what you've gotten from this episode is that it really isn't that much different from everything else you've already been doing if you've been doing this whole OCD stuff. So, and if you haven't, you can check out my OCD courses at adparentingsurvivalschool.com and I will catch you up. And so that you have the framework on how to approach OCD, you can join us in the AT Parenting community. The doors don't open until May. We're going to open the doors again in May, but if you're on the wait list, you will hear about it first. Okay. So I hope that you are finding the podcast helpful. I hope that it's helping you with your kids and You know, a lot of you out there are not able to find a therapist who specializes in OCD or afford a therapist now that everything is just so expensive. And so you need to tap into resources that you can do it yourself. And I hope that my resources are supporting you in that. And so if you want to hit a star on iTunes, Google Play or Stitcher, wherever you consume your podcast, you know, that does greatly help me. If you want to leave a comment wherever you consume your podcast, I love that too. And that actually does really help as well. And so I want to, I always like to end my podcast reading one of them if there is one. And there is, there's actually quite a few lately. So I appreciate that. Bibi Escobar, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing it. Usernames are tricky, but she wrote, my 21-year-old daughter's severe anxiety. Thank you for creating a podcast for parents with children that suffer from anxiety disorders. I discovered your podcast today and I've heard three episodes and it's five stars. However, my daughter's older and is going through depersonalization, derealization, anxiety, depression, and OCD. It's affecting her academically in college. The irony, she was always the perfect child when my son was struggling with alcoholism and drug addiction. He's been sober for a year. Yay, that's amazing. And thriving. And my daughter came out to me and said she never said anything before because I was dealing with my son, which is very kind-hearted of her, but sad. You are the only one out there talking to moms of kids with mental illness. I feel I can connect with your community. Please do podcast episodes for parents of teenagers and young adults. It's painful when you don't understand when life is so beautiful, why they can't be happy. Thank you for doing what you do. Well, thank you for taking the time to write a review. I really appreciate that. I do want to say almost every episode I do is ageless, unless it's the title is something like how to help very young children with anxiety or how to help very young children with OCD. And I do have both of those episodes. Everything else is very appropriate for any age, except for like toddlers and definitely appropriate for teenagers and young adults. And in fact, even adults will tell me they listen to my podcast episodes and for themselves and my YouTube channel for themselves. So I really don't need to do specific episodes for teenagers and young adults. I mean, maybe I can do one on like the different issues that come up related to like their independence. We actually did In the AT Parenting community, which is a monthly membership community of mine, they vote on topics and they did vote on that topic on how to help teenagers and young adults 
with anxiety and OCD because some of the issues that we did discuss were like things like they are, they want to be more independent or they're going off to college. And we did some of those type of things, but all the basics that I teach you, like this episode and any other episode that's like talking about how to approach anxiety or depersonalization or derealization. I have episodes on those. I have YouTube videos on those. They're all for every age. So they are for teens and young adults. Whenever I see that, I'm kind of like, oh, you don't get my resources. And my website used to be called anxioustoddlers.com. And so it always makes me nervous when people think it's just for toddlers or babies because it's like the opposite of that. So check that out. You can check those episodes on depersonalization and derealization. Just go to my website at adparentingsurvival.com and scroll to the bottom, go on the search button and type in depersonalization and you will find those. And so I hope that you find that helpful. Thank you for writing a review. And if maybe you write a review, maybe I'll be reading yours next time. I hope that you find the sparkle in everything you do, regardless of the struggles that are going on in your family. And I'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Take care. Thank you for listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. To get additional support raising a child with anxiety or OCD, visit Natasha's online school of on-demand classes at atparentingsurvivalschool.com.